Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. My name's David Shack, and as usual, I'm here with the handsome Anthony Murphy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Full of Easter eggs, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. You've um, hoed into them early? Well, kind of. You see, the thing about being married or having a partner is that you have to try and fit everyone in, and when both sides of the family want to do something on Easter, one side does it on Saturday and one side does it on Sunday. So, yeah, we've started early with my wife's family today. So, technically, you're in a time of your life where you need less Easter eggs and you're getting double the amount of Easter eggs. We're actually sort of not getting any Easter eggs, really. We, we bought a little bit for ourselves and then my wife likes to organise an Easter egg hunt for her nieces and nephews. Oh, yes. And she went well overboard buying Easter eggs, so we got some of the cast-offs. Did you um, uh, hunt around yourself and find some that the kids missed I out on? I, I found them right in the pantry yeah, and right. they went right into my stomach. She should learn to hide them better than that. Exactly. The pantry or the fridge, just, you know. Yeah. So we... Broaden your horizons. We always have the problem with the Easter egg hunt of how to keep it fair. And so we look it up on the internet and we thought, oh, we found things that say stuff like, hey, assign each kid a colour and that they get that colour egg. And, oh, yeah. But then Cadbury go and, and mess it up rather than, I guess, create discrete colours. Their machines will sometimes phase from one colour to oh, another. Yeah. So you get the odd wrapper that is two colours. Like a green and a purple. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> that's the fighting egg. Yeah, it is. So, usually we have a couple of marshals keeping an eye on which kid has the least Easter eggs and pointing out some of the right. better ones that they've hidden a little bit better. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a production. Yeah, my kids have two very different styles of Easter egg hunt. Mm. Um, my son is very much... Aggressive. Yeah, he will go out with the bowl and run to each spot where he sees one and gr- runs and grabs an egg and yep. chucks it in the thing and runs and grabs another egg. And my daughter who's very much the opposite, she runs, she sees an egg, runs to the egg, grabs the egg, opens the egg, eats the egg, waits till she's finished the egg, <laughs> then runs to the next egg. So <laughs> one of them's very much like a bird in the hand, the other one's the two in the bush. Mm. So very completely different styles. Instant gratification versus, um, yeah, I guess, delayed gratification. Yeah, exactly. So um, Easter Sunday is the one day of the year where they're allowed to have chocolate for breakfast. So right. as we're recording this, it is Saturday night. And my daughter said to me, good night, see you when it's Easter. She's pretty excited yeah. about the whole thing, about having chocolate <laughs> for breakfast. Yeah, it's a bit, I thought you were going to hit my wife's uh, nieces and nephews, their sort of style right on the head. You have the two boys who are kind of like your son and they're very aggressive about tracking down eggs. Uh, one of them was running along and eggs were falling out of his basket because he was <laughs> running with such vigour. Yeah. Uh, and he has two older sisters, so they are able to go toe-to-toe with him. But there's one younger niece who uh, is very sort of timid in, in, in the Easter egg hunt. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you sort of kind of have to shepherd things around a little bit and make sure that there's some eggs are kept in well-hidden spots for her to find. <laughs> in, in people's pockets. So just dropping, oh, look, yeah. I found one on the ground. <laughs> yeah, my wife might kill me for saying that this sort of stuff on the podcast, but sure. Wait, you're just giving Easter away the hunt. Easter egg hunt tips mm. or the pecking order of the nieces and nephews? What we thought like, next year is we might actually wrap real eggs in foil that are just uncooked. Oh, yeah. Have the odd decoy in there and see how it goes. <laughs> is that the Easter equivalent of getting a piece of charcoal for Christmas or coal for Christmas? Coal for Christmas, something like that. I came up with the idea of maybe getting an Arduino or a Teensy and just creating an egg that just shrieked really loud when you picked it up. <laughs> um, and then uh, one thing I really want to do is build like a really elaborate 
like Hellraiser style puzzle box that has keys in it and the eggs are kind of locked in a safe and the kids have to (laughs) to sort of like figure out the puzzle box before they can actually get to the eggs. And then there's another puzzle in that and you could probably draw that Mm. out for a whole afternoon and get some peace and quiet while the kids kind of figure out number puzzles and ciphers and things to try and get the next clue. Morse code. Yeah. (laughs) Basic encryption schemes like ROT13 and stuff like that. They have to figure out the rate at which that egg is screaming and that is the Mm. clue for the next egg. Here you go, kids. I hope you can read hexadecimal. (laughs) Uh, When my children were very... Actually, when my son was very young, we were at a party and he was, you know, like two or three and he was in the position of getting beaten out of a... What are the the things? The piñatas. So when they hit the piñata and all the lollies hit the ground, all the big kids were running in and grabbing lollies and he was trying to reach around the edges and picking up and trying to hold them in his hands. I tapped him on the shoulder and went, hey, take off your hat and use your hat as the vessel for lollies and then you can hold more at the one time and you're not juggling them in your hand. So I taught him a good technique and that's... Pro tip. Yeah, but unfortunately that's a technique he's taken into his older years. So he's 10 now and he's still doing the same thing. So now he's got both size and knowledge on his side. So he runs Mm. in there, elbows the other kids out of the way, fills up his hat and then runs away and all the other kids look and they're going, oh, where'd all the lollies go? So I have to send him back in and go, you know, all right, well done, go back and share. And he does, so (laughs) it's all right. But unfortunately, I had created a monster. It's interesting that he picked up the elbow kid's hat lesson a lot faster than he's picked up the share lesson. He doesn't replicate that by himself just yet. No, he's given the- Motivation. Yeah, motivation. He will share. I think he's more into the hunt. Once he goes off and collects all of his eggs and my daughter has her couple of eggs, they actually sit down and then share them out evenly. Although Ah. technically, I think then my daughter would win because she's already eaten some- and then she gets 50% of his. So, yeah, she actually wins out in the end. She's playing the long game. Yeah. You might want to have a word to your wife. She may have mentioned something to your daughter. <laughs> Just opposite schemes on how to get the most chocolate. Mm. Damn it. Anyway, chocolate for breakfast. Is that what you're having yeah. tomorrow? Uh, possibly. We're trying to keep it sort of tight as far as eating goes. So, we're not actually having breakfast today and tomorrow. We're yep. sort of skipping that and filling up. But it's probably not working. I've probably eaten too many Easter eggs. But any sort of killer jewels I don't eat are probably good for the next couple of days. Just have one big meal in the middle of the day and figure it out. Yeah. One that'll take you through to the evening and then just have some hot cross buns Mm. for lunch. Hot cross buns are actually quite high in sort of sugar and killer jewels. Oh, yeah. My favorite time of year. (laughs) I had a thing on Facebook with hot cross buns s'mores where you... You take the hot cross buns, you toast them on a barbecue, and then you put a couple of blocks of chocolate on each side and then some marshmallow in the middle. Yeah. And then you check yourself into hospital after that. (laughs) I found a bakery near work, which is a French bakery that sells spiced buns all year round. So technically, I can have a hot cross bun whenever I want one. Can you just have raisin toast? Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, it doesn't have the glaze and it's not fluffy and they do a really good spiced bun with right. toast and butter, and it's dangerous because I can just go in there and go, oh, yeah, look, I've had a bad morning. Yeah, sure, give me a coffee and a hot cross bun. See, now I haven't, I've been avoiding them because I've been losing weight. So now that if with this podcast finishes before the supermarket shuts, I'll probably drive up there and get some hot cross buns. Let's get this sucker on the road and let's get you down mm. to get some hot cross buns. Yep. What games have you been playing? Let's just barrel right into this. You need some hot cross buns. Yeah. Let's start out with the signal from Tolva. Yes. Which is a um, a game from a studio called Big Robot, who previously bought us Sir, You Are Being Hunted. Oh, yes. And you like that game as a, well. I like that game. I like Big Big Robot games. They're sort of an indie studio, five guys. So, you know, you kind of get stuff that's a little bit different from them. And this is this is very different. It has the feel of a, um, 
like a 1970s science fiction novel, like a hard science fiction, not like a soft science fiction. Yeah, yeah. You play as – I don't think you ever actually see who you are, but the idea is, is there's this planet called Tolva and all these factions have kind of converged on it, but nobody goes down there. They all control robots that are scouring the surface and you – sort of hijack one of these robots and you're racing all the other factions to find out what this weird signal is. So it's like Space Robot Wars. Um, yeah. Um, it's kind of a little bit Borderlands, a little bit Stalker. It's okay. Like, I enjoy it and I've played it for four hours and I'll finish it, but it's a little bit light on things to do. Like, you go around the map and you take things over and you buy new weapons and it's all sort of well and good, but it's all sort of a little bit prescribed and a little bit, Safe, I guess, is probably the best way to describe it. Okay. So not- Like, you get stuff, and you unlock stuff, and it's like, yeah, I don't really want to use any of this because my current gun does more damage. There's probably a reason to use other guns, but I haven't found it. So you just collect stuff that lets you buy things, and you collect stuff that lets you level up. There's a system in there for um, controlling uh, other robots, like- um, commanding, say, a group of them to come and help help you fight some of the other factions, but they tend to die really quickly, so I haven't really spent so, too much time doing that. I'm sort of more lone wolfing it. Yeah, that system is also in near to a certain extent. You can find other people's dead bodies on the ground and you can mm. uh, revive them either for parts and stuff or you can revive them to fight for you. But like in that game, I find that if I revive them to fight for me, they don't kind of last very long or they're, they're not very, yeah. very effectual. Yeah, they're no no more effective than you would be by yourself, which I think is a major flaw with squad-based stuff. If they're annoying and I can just get in there and get it done myself, then why is it in the game at that point? Yeah, although the other day I did actually find a use for them because I got myself into a point where I was uh, attempting to fight a level 50 robot and I was only level 19 and my bullets and my blades weren't doing anything at all, like one point of damage every mm. single hit. And there was- Dark Souls boss. <laughs> And there was a um, a player who would who had died just over in the corner. So I resurrected that player, and they were doing like three hundred points of damage. So I was just acting as Standing the hey, back. look over here, look over here, while this character just helped me mm. out a little bit. So that in that one instance, yes, they were handy, but I haven't yeah. not generally. So it's an interesting game, and it's kind of difficult to get a handle on the story as well because it's almost completely told through sort of you go out and you find artifacts and you scan them. And then when you jump back to the to the base you're working from, you can kind of read um, what the artifact is about oh, and yeah. sort of what the broker, who the person you're kind of working for, thinks about that. And yep. you occasionally get messages saying, oh, the surveyors are really upset about these artifacts that you've found because they point to this, this, and this. And you kind of get a feeling for the story. But, it, you know, I just have to sit down and read all of them to remind myself of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So can you play the game without doing any of that and it still roughly makes sense and the extra story bits are just a bonus if you read it? If you didn't read those things, I'm not sure the game would make sense, but you could definitely just play out through it, shoot everything, take over everything and say, well, that was a fun shooty game. Yeah, I mean, it um, makes sense in the fact that you're never going to get lost or you're never going to have to refer back to it for a particular progression point. It's kind of really open. You can sort of go anywhere and do anything within certain limits. They gate areas of the map off behind sort of radiation and poison and things like that. And you need certain upgrades, which you get by visiting certain areas. Yeah. And there's certain story moments there. That you see. So you could kind of just approach it within the, this map is this color. And when I'm done, it's going to be my color and just go through and shoot everything. Yeah, yeah. 
There's functionally three weapons in the game, kind of like a railgun, a assault rifle, and kind of like an energy beam weapon. There's also a pistol that you sort of have on you all the time, but it never gets upgraded. So it's the four weapons that are in every single space game. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a pretty game too. It's got sort of a painted style and it's kind of a... It, it, it sort of feels good to walk around in because you find like a giant robot hand sticking up out of the landscape and it's a bit weird and sort of a bit alien because there's no other people on this world. It's all other robots that are being controlled from these spaceships that are in orbit. So it's got a good feel to it and it's got a good story. It just gets a little bit samey in the gameplay. Yeah. So, I mean, all those things are nice because they probably allude to a greater story. Yeah. And they don't yeah. just feel like you like a generic planet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the signal from Tolva. Awesome. Uh, if my voice isn't completely shot by the time we finish this podcast, I'll probably play it on Midnight Game Club tonight. Oh, cool. Mm. Probably along with a bit of Sir You Are Being Hunted, we might have a Big Robot Games Midnight Game Club. A Big Robot Club Midnight mm, Robot. Big Robot. Big Midnight Robot Club. There you go. We just brainstormed that and now yep. it's going to be in actuality. It is. I've also been playing uh, Bayonetta on the PC which was a kind of surprise, not so surprise release. Uh, yeah, the most unsurprising surprise released of the week. Well, it, it sort of kind of was a surprise because they released 8-Bit Bayonetta on April Fool's Day. And if you got all of the achievements for it, it kind of pointed to a countdown site. Yeah. So people were saying, is this an April Fool's joke or what? And it turns out, like you expect it to the site to be an announcement or something. <laughs> it's, it wasn't an announcement. It was, the game's out today. And it's on PC, and it's actually quite good port, so... <laughs> yeah, I hear it is a 4K port. Mm, I can't attest to that, because I can't run 4K, but it runs real well on my PC at 1920 by 1080. There's a couple of little slow downy bits, because the cutscenes are still like 30 FPS, but... Oh, right, okay. Um, have they increased yeah, the when textures it goes into- and that kind of stuff, or is it just uh, the vectors uh, are sharper? Yeah, I'm going to say no, I'm not sure, but because I've seen some Xbox-ass textures. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, just while playing that game. Not that I sort of mind, just reminds me of how bad I am at sort of Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. But oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's a fun game that doesn't take itself too seriously, and oh. you can laugh at the ridiculous of it. Guns in shoes. Yeah, guns in shoes, and she turns into a panther at some point and creates giant demons from her hair that, like, it's it's sort of a very sexually suggestive game. We should probably get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. Sort of early on, but but the way they've tried to deal with it, and I think we've touched on Bayonetta before, is that she's not objectified is probably the best way of putting it. Every time somebody tries to objectify her, she kind of shoots them down or doesn't show any interest or doesn't care. or She seems to be doing it for herself rather than for the camera. There's a strange way of of, of explaining away why Bayonetta is the way it is. It's a weird game. Yeah, but, there, but there's sort of one scene where you're fighting this giant thing that's kind of hanging on to the edge of a cliff trying to climb up at you and you keep hitting its hands and it keeps slipping and... Sort of when you get to the very end, she sort of turns around and does a thing where she creates giant sort of hair monster dragon thing to to bite the thing. Um, and when she does that, she loses a lot of her clothes because her hair is her clothes. <laughs> she's kind of, she's got, you know, Millie Rage from um, yeah, yeah. Guilty Gear. Yeah, kind of the same thing. She controls her hair and makes clothes out of it and monsters. Um, Bayonetta in her just sounds weird. <laughs> being able to control your hair is a very, um, it's just a Japanese weapon, basically. Yeah, you yeah. see it a lot. It's in uh, Nitro Plus Blasters, Heroin Infra Duel yeah. as well. There's a lot of that going on. 
But anyway, there's this sort of boss character that is clinging to the edge and she's got it down to a sliver of health and uh, she does a thing where she basically turns away from the monster and puts her arms up in the air and sort of her clothes kind of get a little bit thinner and this giant hair dragon comes out of the wall and sort of goes to grab the boss and the boss who's been trying to grab her to sort of, I guess, to kill her because he's trying to kill her. Yeah. He's, he kind of reaches, but it looks like he's reaching for her ass and she just turns around in the middle of this spell and just slaps his hand away and his hand's <laughs> huge, like he's a huge boss. But there's kind of this just confused look on the boss's face at that point before the hair dragon just grabs it and sort of tears it in half and throws it away. Yeah. Sort of a, a moment of levity in otherwise hair magic. Yeah. Sort of. There's a character called Luca who um, is a bit of a ladies' man, but he's following Bayonetta around because he believes that she killed his father. But even though he's fine around other women, he's Bayonetta he just absolutely cannot deal with. And she delights in just tormenting him and making fun of him, you know, tripping him over when he's you know, trying to talk to her because she's kind of existing half in and out of purgatory. So he can't see her. He can sort of see her influence on the world yeah. uh, around him. Cool. And a yeah, place fun, well. fun game. Yeah, really well. Um, you can use keyboard and mouse if you want, but um, I would suggest controller. Yeah, it's kind of a controller game. I think I Very still so. have and have not played the Wii U uh, re-release of that that came with Bayonetta 2. Hmm. So I've got that. I wonder if they did any extra work to get it to that point and then they could use that reworked stuff in yeah. the Steam release. Well, I guess it's, it's always possible. I mean, I'd, Platinum Games is a smallish studio. They're not going to put more work in than, than they sort of absolutely have to. Yeah, and there's no news on Bayonetta 2 coming to PC yet? I seriously doubt that. Nintendo, Nintendo funded that. Yeah, they funded a large part of that, if not all of it. So yeah. um, They've been doing they, some they weird would, stuff, though, recently. Yeah. I almost expect them to go, oh, no, you know what? Release it. We've been all fancy mm. now. We're everyone's friends. You never yeah, know what they're yeah. going to do. Just as you think no. that you know what they're going to do, they will do the complete opposite because they're, hey, we're Nintendo. Yeah, so I'm going to have a little bit of fun with that tomorrow, actually. My aunt and both of her daughters are Nintendo fans. So I'm taking my Switch with me to, to sort of Easter Sunday at uh, somebody's house. Oh, cool. And we might see if we can't get like they have in the Switch ads where we have a rooftop party and we play snipper clips. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you film it and put it to um, generic pop music. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a modern acoustic-y guitar Yeah. I want to see you yeah. have your hat backwards and skate in on your skateboard and go, Hey, dudes, yeah. I've got my Switch. And then just smile yes. at the camera when, like, your teeth glint in the light. That's how they make <laughs> ads down there. Have, I don't think my teeth have glinted for about 20 years. But. Right. Okay. So, other than that, real quick, uh, they bought out a new expansion for Stellaris, and I have played it, but I haven't gotten to any of the expansion content yet. Oh, right, okay. So, so, Stellaris is like a Paradox-style grand strategy game, but in space. It's probably the most accessible of any of the Paradox games. It shares... Probably some things with Endless Legend and Civilization and uh, Sins of a Solar Empire. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but in typical Paradox fashion, you can do shit like, let's build a Dyson Sphere around this sun so that we can harvest its energy and anyone else who's using the sun to, say, warm their planet can just go to hell. Well, you know, you need it for stuff. Hmm, I do. So, yeah, I- I've seen where those things land sort of in the technology tree, but it just takes a little while to get your technology up to the point where you can consider building a mega structure around a sun. So is it all the DLC content is just higher up in the tech trees? Um, now I'm not sure. I think there might be some other things in there, like different race. I created a race called Space Elves, and um, they're basically just elves that like slavery. Do they have space bows? <laughs> um, 
Uh, no, but I, I had some difficulty finding um, the correct, uh, what would you call it, spaceship style for them, because there's like human spaceships and plant people spaceships and mollusks, mollusk spaceships. They've got all sorts of different spaceships. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I just gave them a no. tray at, no, I gave them a tray that just like, like slavery, and so they get a <laughs> minus 10% if, if they don't have slaves. Um, but Did the problem is- they dwarves? Do they enslave dwarves? No, I haven't made space dwarves yet. <laughs> well, that's the, the next problem step. Is, yes, is that that adds them to a pool that the game can, can create races from when I start a new game. So if I start playing as someone else, I might possibly encounter space elves <laughs> that I have created. Oh, right. And, and they could slavery you. Yeah, they could. Well, they're, they're sort of xenophobic spiritual as their sort of archetype. So they hate other races and they're pretty religious about it. I think I just use slavery as a verb. Mm. They're going to slavery you. That's really yep. bad English. I'm, I apologize to everybody. So the this particular expansion, we've talked about the the mega structures, which is like Dyson spheres and ring yeah. worlds. You can build giant space stations that house population. Population's kind of confined to planets in Stellaris, and being able to get it out and to sort of put it into areas where you didn't otherwise have control is, is sort of a good thing. Um, indoctrination so you you can actually up like they've gone to science fiction we should talk about Stellaris for a little while they've gone to like science fiction literature and picked out all of the cool stuff that everybody likes so I think this was in the original game but you could if you found like a lowly alien race on a planet that didn't have like space travel yet or couldn't communicate you could just watch or you could just massively speed up their evolution in what's called uplifting them um, and then they sort of become saying all right prepare you're about yeah, to- so if you, there's a book series by David Brin. Uh, is it called Uplift? I think it's called the, called the Uplift series. But, yeah, you have, like, client races to other races who have gone and found these sort of other people in space and have kind of uplifted them to, like, a stellar race. And so now they're sort of clients to these people who gave them all this advanced technology. Oh, you now um, work for me. We gave you some fancy yeah, pretty shit. much. And now you owe us. Yeah. So now you can apparently indoctrinate those people, like influence primitive civilizations and make them adopt your ethics through the use of observation stations and things like that. So it's religion. Um, and also advanced slavery. Hey. So previously you sort of had slaves and you could get a bit of a bonus, but now you can choose specific roles for them, um, <laughs> have them serve as domestic servants for your population. You saw or a fight head for slave. your empire. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and what are my perks? We just hit you less. <laughs> Thanks, Something sir. like that. And so last is kind of advanced governments where you can choose civics and authorities for your government. And so, like, they have things like you can be a fanatic purifier. And just to show, like, <laughs> this, this is what I really love about like religion. It is. Well, there's a lot of that. But the really funny thing about Paradox Games is that in Civ, like, you will just control your area and you'll go to war and you'll take over somebody else's and you'll control their area. That's not how it goes in sort of paradox games because when you sort of go to war, it behaves like a real war. And so you may take over half their territory before they say, okay, we're, we, we surrender. And then you don't take over the rest of their territory. You just stop being at war, but you control what you've taken. Okay. And so then it gets shitful in the territory that you've taken because you've now got this territory full of an alien race that bears no resemblance to yours. And then that race splits in two with the people who want to rejoin the old people and the people who now like you. So now there's just a huge civil war there. The other race, they can't go to war with you because you've got a, uh, an agreement with them, but they're going to 
they're going to try to get their territory back. And so you're getting people petitioning you from this new area that you control saying, we really like you, or the other person <laughs> saying, we really hate you, and you should restore our ancient traditions and things like that. And so you can't keep anyone happy. And it just- <laughs> you end up just killing everybody, just make it go yes, away. Slavery. You're all going <laughs> to die. Just, just, in, into- just enslave everyone. <laughs> the first time I played this game, uh, there was this, uh, I formed a federation with some other aliens, kind of like in uh, Star Trek. And so one of them was being beaten on by this fanatical purifier race who was next door. And I said, well, we're a federation. We're going to go to war against this guy because, you know, it's what the federation does. We help each other out. So I showed up with my huge battle fleet and just cut a line right through the middle of this other guy's empire. And we won eventually. He, he destroyed half my fleet. Yeah. But then what I ended up with was just this territory in the middle of this other guy's empire where no one was happy. <laughs> there was just <laughs> constant fighting. Thank you for your help. It's like you just, yeah, you just look at it and it's like, I've just created a huge mess. This is just like real wars. So did you then teach them how to fight and then did you turn it against him? Uh, no, what I think I did is I enacted some civics in that system that basically just shut everybody down who wasn't on board the human train. If you were not on board the human train and you were not human, then you're a second class citizen. I just, yeah, you I were, was the, that's, I was the boot print on everybody else's face. Yeah, there's some, there's some official words for that type of stuff and they're not generally think, nice words. <laughs> I think totalitarian is the... Yeah. I was scared to death that the guy who I was just fighting with was going to try to take everything back. So, yeah, I, I said, well, we we got to nip this in the bud quick. At the same time, there's another race on another planet that's barely got space flight and they're just sending me messages telling me how much they hate me. Right. So, they're the so, North Korea of the world. Yeah, we hate much. you, but we kind of really can't do anything about it, but we're still going to threaten you. Yeah. And so, with Stellaris, then, you have on the very edges of space are what they call uh, the Forgotten Empires, and these are massively advanced civilizations that have withdrawn from the galaxy for whatever reason, but mm. they just want you to stay out of their area. And if you <laughs> do as much as poke them, they get really mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a lot of ships and a lot of power. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that's sort of Stellaris. I guess I'd only meant to talk about the part I've been pay- playing, <laughs> but I really like Paradox games, and I'll quite happily talk about, I, I guess, almost any of them. Awesome. So, really quickly, we played some Terraria um, the other night with uh, my friend Chris and my wife. And <laughs> so, we just trying to check out the new stuff that was in there because they seem to be doing updates again after leaving it for a while. Hey, so, what's new in um, Terraria? I haven't played Terraria in ages. God, it's got to be two yeah. years? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. So, it, just, it was Chris digging a tunnel and opening up a cavern and then <laughs> seeing monsters down there and going, what the hell is all that stuff? And then, and then just filling it with water and just <laughs> like, water is the Terraria's version of fire. You just kill it with fire. Yeah, no, we'll much. just kill it with water. This is how it went down is that my wife who was sitting next to me would accidentally send water down the elevator, the big shaft that we'd built. Yeah. And she would say, I've sent some water down. Can you tell Chris? <laughs> but the delay was that much that I would then hear Chris say over my voice chat, oh, God, because he would be engulfed <laughs> with water. So, oh, we think that Chris just found out. Yeah, he already knows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we haven't gotten into what sort of the new, I guess, equipment is, but we're, mm. we're sort of playing with like coming across creatures and going, oh, what the hell's going on? There was one that attacked Chris and I, and we couldn't kill it, so we just walled it into something, <laughs> just left it there. Yeah, someone else can find him. Your wife just yep. is, is digging in that area. Oh, what, what's in here? <laughs> ah! Yeah, pretty much it. Are there yeah, new that, vendors that, that as well that, that come into your house 
and we don't know. We haven't vending? quite gone far enough yet. Oh, right. Okay. Um, we've got all the regular ones. We're building what we call an an Italian house out of granite and marble. Marble, not Marvel. Marvel's like Spider Man. Just this is like a Spider Man door, and we've got a Hulk lamp, and we've got a Thor table. Yeah. Yes. So, so that was Terraria. But before we, did you see the trailer for Thor, the new one? Uh, I did not. I saw a screenshot of um, okay. him holding like a baton, and apparently uh, Molnia has been destroyed, and he's mm. now doing something. He looks like he's yes playing some Japanese game show where he's <laughs> he's wearing a weird helmet. And holding a baton, like it's a foam yes. baton or something. But it's probably yes. Not a I, I won't spoil it for you because I want you to watch it. But I'll say that is all because of Jeff Goldblum. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Damn you, Jeff Goldblum! Mm. I did see he was in it. He was playing somebody, and I can't remember. I saw him stand there with like a, this weird look on his face, and he had some face makeup that was like a lightning bolt or a something yeah. or other. And Kate Blanchett is the one who destroys Molnir. Oh, damn her! Mm. She's so Australian. Now, isn't now she? you have to go and watch. <laughs> She's what Australian? Yeah, is she? Is she English? Yeah. No, she's Australian. Oh, that's right. So just well, like one Aussie just destroys another Aussie shit in a movie. They probably yeah, just both much. got drunk, took it out, tried to do some donuts in it, smashed some VB cans against it, and then Molina broke. Yep. Damn Aussies. Put some glow sticks on it. Yeah, you can't trust them with anything. No. All right. So what have you been playing? Uh, I've had a bit of a weird week playing things because it all started off when I was on the Switch and I thought, oh, surely something has come out in the past month that is worth buying and downloading. So I jumped on the Switch store and not really. There's nothing really there. Uh, there's a bunch no. more Neo Geo games, which I was actually really excited about because I went and I bought Neo Turf Masters for the Neo Geo and right. I was playing that for quite a bit the other night. And that got me into a realm where I was then going back and playing some old games. I went back and I played some uh, NBA Jam Tournament Edition for a while. Mm-hmm. I was playing as Seattle Supersonic and our favourite Sean Kemp. And no, we Gary haven't heard Payton. from Sean Kemp for a while. No, we haven't, but he's back. So doing that and then just like, oh, the rubber banding in that game is so frustrating, like leading into the really? fourth quarter and oh, then, right. you know, losing by a point right at the buzzer in double overtime. So I did that and then I was I played as the Chicago Bulls and Pippen was going really well. He, I was leading by eight points in the last minute and then I ended up losing by two points. And then again, shaking my fist at the sky and going, oh, NBA Jam. So then I decided to stop playing NBA Jam because that was taking up way too much of my time. And I went and played Garou Mark of the Wolves again because I hadn't bought the Rock Howard DLC pack for King of Fighters 14. So I figured that while I was standing there in front of the arcade machine, I would just try out some Garou Mark of the Wolves and some Rock Howard moves. So I I was kind of getting my Rock Howard back on. And that's really cool. Still like it. He's still a great character. Still a great game. The fluid animation that they could get out of the MVS system, their, their animators were just amazing. But mm. um, while I was playing that, my son came up and he was interested in it as well. So he actually jumped on and he was choosing some characters and fighting against me. And he actually beat me a couple of times, which was I was like, now I've got to learn how to beat my son at video games that I really like. Yep, so that's, then, that's going to happen eventually. Yes. So, he, will, he will get better than you. So then um, we were playing some Gary Mark of the Wolves, and then I was teaching him about that a little bit, and then I was teaching him a little bit about Street Fighter. So we played a bit of Street Fighter Alpha 2 and, you know, talking about how to do quarter circle moves and dragon punch moves mm. and charge moves and all that kind of stuff. So he's slowly understanding, and I think he's starting to get an appreciation for the depth that fighting games can have, which is awesome. It's like one of the first times he's really taken a good interest in the mechanics of the game, so much so that uh, just before uh, just before dinner tonight, he was on the arcade machine playing Gary Mark of the Wolves, and I was just watching some TV, and he comes over to me and goes, um, 
I finished the story mode of Gary Mark of the Wolves. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so, How did he get past the third character? Uh, that's what I said to him. So I said, so did you find the third character hard? He goes, yeah, the second and third character were hard, but then I got through it and then I kind of ended up uh, and I finished it and I played the final boss. I'm like, all right then. He goes, do you want to have a game? I'm like, yes, let's go nope. over there and have a game. <laughs> and he's really good. He mainly got good in like two days of, um, he was actually playing rock. So he ended up, going oh no you can play rock because that's your favorite character and he was all like being really nice to me and then he chose terry bogard your character <gasps> i know and he's um learning how to do the um crack shoot kicks and all that kind of stuff mm. and he's pretty good i'm kind of proud that he's that good at that game so yeah been playing some some family gary mark of the wolves explaining to him okay. the backstory about how rock is geese howard's son and but raised by terry bogard and he's like okay yeah cool awesome so, um, <laughs> yeah, teaching him fighting game stories. Amazing. Okay. Well, wait, wait till he gets to Waku Waku 7. Then. Yeah, I know. And then I played a little bit of uh, King of Fighters 98 as well because I couldn't remember the fact that uh, in Garu, Terry doesn't have a rising tackle as a move because mm. Rock's got the move. And I was trying to show him how Terry could do the move. And then I remember that it was in King of Fighters that he had the move and he didn't have it in Garu and blah, blah, blah. So then I had to go back and then we were playing a bit of King of Fighters 98. So, I was getting that down as well. I was also playing a bit of King of Fighters 98 earlier in the week because for Friday Night Fights this week, I wanted to do King of Fighters 14. But because I'd done it the previous week, I also wanted to you know, mix it up. So, I actually did a mixture of Street Fighter 5 and King of Fighters 14 just to kind of show the different versions of fighting games that used to be the two mm. top fighting games and how they've approached fighting games in 2017. And they're actually two different styles i suppose like i've kind of found by playing them back to back and playing them over a stream and actually talking about them that street fighter 5 is a really good modern interpretation of those characters and those moves mm. and that's one of the things i like about the different street fighter series uh, versions is that they always tend to give them a different visual style when they do like the capcom versus snk2 they just kind of grab sprites from wherever and kind of jam them together and you know, have the Darkstalkers Morrigan with the really pixelated version of mm. that versus the higher res. That's sort of kind of kind of fun too, though, is that's kind of like officially sanctioned Mugen at that point. Yeah, well, actually, one of the things I wanted them to do was when I was playing uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, there's actually the Morrigan 3D character in there because it's just a modern game. But I thought mm. it'd be really funny if they just had just left the pixelated Morrigan in there <laughs> so, so they just never yeah. update the sprite. Maybe just for a special or something. Yeah, that'd be actually really, really funny. So what is the definitive version of, I I guess, what is the peak of King of Fighters? Is it 96 or 98? So up until, so 94, 95, 96, 97, there was a story that kind of went through and, you know, characters went Mm. out and characters came back and all that kind of stuff. Whereas King of Fighters 98 was the first ultimate dream match where they just brought all the characters back from all the other games, regardless of whether they were dead or whether they'd gone somewhere else and just... Threw them all into one game for the first time. So, King of Fighters right. 98 is known as the being the best, most complete one. And it's also got um, the two different modes. Um, but, yeah, that's the definitive one. And that's the one I played the most. King of Fighters 2000 is also one like that. And that's a really good one as well. Right. But, um, okay. yeah, what I was finding was that Street Fighter is a good modern-day interpretation of the Street Fighter world done in a slightly different style. It's actually really good. It's got a really good weight to all the characters, and they use the 3D space. Even though it's on a 2D plane, they use the 3D space really, really well. Whereas I found that King of Fighters, on the flip side, is just a really accurate version in 3D of the 2D characters. 
So they're not really reinterpreting anything. Like all of Rock's moves, they're there. All of the little purple flamey wings that come out, they're all there. And mm. it just looks like a beautiful high-res version of those 2D characters. Where Street Fighter, there's a little bit more- Interpretation. Interpretation. License, I suppose, to change mm. them a little bit. And they're both really good games. Um, I still like King of Fighters a little bit more. The, just the the way it flows. And I think it's just a little bit faster, a little bit arcadier. Okay. So there's been a lot of fighting games and a lot of all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've been playing a little bit more Nia. So I'm just kind of working through that and seeing the story a little bit more open up. So that's good. Nothing to really report there. No. It just slowly gets weirder and weirder. I played a little bit of Fire Emblem Heroes, but only because they had a special where you got 20 orbs and you could summon more characters. So I jumped in for three seconds. I summoned five characters. I got some girl with some bunny ears and then went, uh, 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 and then I just closed the game and just didn't really, <laughs> really want to play it, really. I just That game is just, to me, a hero collecting game. So I just kind of, whenever they give away 20 orbs enough to summon the five characters and maybe get a five-star character, I log in and go, eh, uh, uh, uh. And then just close so it's it again. like WWE Supercard for you then. Pretty much, actually, I think WWE Supercard is more of a game because I would probably go really? further into that and then battle. Well, I don't know. To me, it is because I just can't be bothered with the actual I have memories game of, of just sitting on the toilet pitting cards against other cards. Yeah, it is the ultimate short game thing. I actually saw that mm. they had uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy cards they released for WWE Supercard, and I was like, oh, I should get back into that game and get those cards. But <laughs> uh, no, I haven't yet. Maybe I will. Right. I should do that. Matt and Jeff are back in the WWE, by the way. We didn't they mention are. it last week because we weren't allowed to talk no. about wrestling. But they're in no. back in the wrestling, and that was the best part of WrestleMania because that was amazing watching them come back and just be the Hardy Boys again. Yeah, I hope they, like they never left. stick around for a while. Yeah. I hope, I, hope it, I hope it doesn't completely implode straight away for them. No, I hope that they uh, stick around, and I hope they bring back a little bit of their new personality that they brought from TNA and all those places. Mm. Deleting people. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they can bring Lita back as well. Although, wasn't she injured and she shouldn't wrestle again? Like, yeah, I something think so. Something I seem to remember. I can't remember. Hmm. Who knows? And I've also been playing a bit of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm actually yeah. at the point where I've done a lot of the shrines. I've you know maybe done 65 or 70 shrines, and I've just been dicking around in Hyrule Castle now. So I've just running around the halls and killing things and finding cookbooks and weapons and whatever, and... I could probably finish the game at any point, but I just don't mm. want to go through the, the act of defeating Ganon and then going, oh, now I've got to go back out and do all the shrines. So at some point, I'm yep. just going to go, all right, I'm just going to finish Ganon. Let's just put this game down. But yeah, just because it's the main game on the Switch, the thing that I really like playing, I just want to keep it going. Yep. At least until Mario Kart comes out. <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart and Splatoon and there's something else. Some stuff, some, some more of the Neo Geo games. Let's bring in some uh, Blazing Star Mm. And we'll play some of that. The other thing I have been playing is I, I downloaded on suggestion of somebody the iOS version of Galaga. And, oh, um, really? That's not a very good version of Galaga. I, who, I, who suggested that to you? Are you still friends with them? <laughs> just someone I, I worked with who was like, you like games, you should download this because it's really fun. And I was like, okay. So I downloaded it. And it's one of these weird things where it's Galaga, but you put your thumb on the screen to shoot. And you also put mm. your thumb on the screen to uh, move your ship around. And you can move. Uh, you, yep. the, the first thing I noticed is that you can actually move forward and backwards, which there was a bit of a no-no for me for Galaga. Yeah. Galaga sideways. <laughs> and the other thing I found was that because your thumb is on the screen and you're moving the screen, you can never see the ship because it's under your thumb the whole time. Yeah. 
So then, that's com- my big issue with iOS games. So then, conversely, I was dying a lot because I couldn't really see the ships when they were mm. flying near my thumb. So then, I played that for a little bit and then went, uh, no. And then I saw. Then I went back to um, the arcade machine and I was actually playing proper Galaga. Mm. I want to say that Galaga is very much about. Like, because there is space between when you, like, once you shoot, there's a cooldown, a short cooldown, but there's yes. a cooldown. So, it's very much about positioning yourself and choosing when you shoot. And managing that cooldown. Yeah. And that doesn't, I don't think that would transfer to iOS controls very well. No, you basically, you just click down and, and, and there's specials. You can get upgrades to weapons and different ships. So, no spacecraft steals your ship and then you have to do that. You just, sometimes a ship flies by and you shoot the spaceship that it's attached to and you get that extra ship, yeah. You can't, you can't, there's no, you don't, like. No, you you just shoot the ship and then it's, yeah, it's just, just, just go and play actual Galaga. It's, it's it's a better game. Tell me, are there in-app purchases? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There are in-app purchases and there's a lot of that stuff going on. It's not a, it's, it's just... Just pretend, I'm going to go back, I'm just going to delete this section of the podcast, we never spoke about Galaga iOS, and it doesn't exist, okay? Are we what all the clear? fuck, Namco? Seriously, no, what just, the fuck? No, it's, it's Bandai Namco, and no. <laughs> We're just going to go back, it's fine. No, no Galaga. Sorry. Okay, ready? And, oh shit, now I've, oh, look, I've fucking started to download WWE Supercard now. Have you? Yeah, it's going to go bad. It's... See, I don't even have my phone in the same room, this so is, I'm safe from right, WWE so Supercard. I'm, I'm going to give us a WWE Supercard update because it hasn't even finished downloading. Mm-hmm. But apparently, <laughs> I have nothing to test this on, but apparently there is an Apple Watch version of the app. So I can play it on my watch. I don't know how that <laughs> even works. That's amazing. You could walk around with Kofi Kingston on your watch. I could. Man, I should get an Apple Watch just for this. Would that be the most expensive mm. purchase anyone's ever made just to play WWE Supercard? Probably. It's got a picture of Roman Reigns on the front. And, there's, and apparently you can get a Brock Lesnar card. The cards look a little bit fancier now. There's a lot more special effects. I'm not sure I like right. that. I like the fact that they were just dumb cards moving around. Yeah, they were anyway, just photos. We'll go back and we'll check in on that later in the podcast when that's finished downloading. It's coming down okay. the pipe. Live WWE Supercard update. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the news. Uh, we're going to start with... It was actually something that we mentioned a few podcasts ago. Um, that Nintendo have announced that they're discontinuing the Mini NES Classic. Because why sell things that make money? Exactly. Well, I did ask that question a couple of podcasts ago. Like, do you think that Nintendo will stop selling them before everyone's got one, or do you reckon that they'll keep going? And I think we decided that they would just kind of keep selling them because, you know, it's easy money for them to make. But no, they've done Mm. the very opposite thing of what we thought again, and they're not making them anymore. They're discontinuing them. Although they did say... They're discontinuing them for now, I think, was the story. Or that, or that they're, after they sell out of this batch, they're not making any more. There was something that kind of left it open that maybe they could bring them back over Christmas or I don't know. It was just mm. just something in the wording, I think. Maybe but they're anyway. going to release a virtual SNES or, sorry, a mini SNES. Oh, they should so do that. That was so sell. I would probably buy one just because now I've got skin in the game because I've got one. I probably mm. <laughs> wouldn't have bought one if I didn't already have this one, knowing that the whole thing could be a shit show. Yep. But anyway, I will probably build one out of a Raspberry Pi at some stage. Yeah, if they yeah. if they don't actually sell it. Well, I was going to do. I was a video kind of looking of and kind of going, eh, but sort of not really. Yeah. Well, I was going to do a video of one for the site just to show everyone look, the games and the experience, but I'm not sure whether I should do something on something you can no longer get. Mm. But maybe I should just to show people so that they can decide whether they want to track one down and pay the ungodly price for one or not. Maybe I will still do one. Yeah. So there's that. No more. 
So don't even try to find maybe them. they're bringing it out with a longer controller cord. <laughs> well, they are discontinuing the controllers as well. So maybe you're right. I don't know. Mm. Maybe they're going to do the Famicom and have the controllers permanently attached all the time and then also have them be very, very short. Have them shorter again. Yeah. At some point, you're just holding the whole NES Classic in your hand. They should have just done that. Oh, I don't know. Probably. Anyway, that's the update for Nintendo Mini NES Classic. Mm. Uh, don't try and find one because they just sold the last batch, I think. Uh, and there's some more news about uh, Microsoft revealing a Minecraft store with virtual currency. Yes. You want to talk about so this So there's one? two versions of Minecraft now. There's like the old busted-ass Java version, and there's a new Windows 10-specific C++ version that's slowly catching up to feature parity with the old Minecraft. Okay. Do we still and get now they've- free downloads of the original busted-ass Java one? Because, because Can we? we? Because we- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you bought my copy of it for me really early. When it was still yeah, like, like, hey, 10 bucks. when you buy it now, you get free updates for life. Mm. I'm not sure about free updates for life, but it definitely still works. Okay. So, yeah, they announced a store with virtual currency and all the sort of things that do their best to make a game really popular for a short amount of time and then drive everyone away from it eventually. <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing their best to make sure that nobody cares about Windows 10 Minecraft and everybody's just going to play the busted-ass Java version where you can download all the Spider-Man skins you want for free and... And play as, as those. Great. For a game that was all about modding and all about my free busted ass Spider-Man skin that I had mm-hmm. or my Neo Matrix skin I had, I can't do that without paying money anymore now, right? No. Oh, well, well you, you sort of can with the old busted ass Java version. And I think you can do a limited amount of modding with the C++ version. I'd have to check, but... This is, I guess, just another way. This is just another revenue stream, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Well, you know, Minecraft has turned into the cash cow. I mean, it's not like it's not making enough money already. (laughs) Well, every time I walk through the Big W toy section, there are a bunch of Minecraft characters and Legos and weapons and shit. So, yeah. Mm. Bye-bye, Minecraft. It was good while it lasted. Yeah, we kind of fell off after hosting a bunch of, I guess, servers. But I guess you can only burn a forest down that many times before it stops being fun. Okay, do you want a WWE Supercut update? <laughs> sure, let's let's do it. I can't get all my old cards, so I have to start really? again from the very start. That's a bit shitty. Yeah, so I've got a John Cena card. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> that's it. I've got. I think I had John Cena, and I got a Roman Reigns card. And oh well, that's going to be a fun one to do. Maybe I don't want to go back into this game. <laughs> Are they trying to drive you away? No, I don't know. Maybe, but I still want to play because now it's now it's John Cena versus The Rock, and I really want that Rock card now. Oh, well. I'm going to put that away, and we're going to move on to the next story. Um, Mm. So, Microsoft have done a dumb thing. So, they've added virtual currency into Minecraft, but they've actually done a good thing because you can get your money back for that if you don't like it because Microsoft have announced self-serve refunds for the Xbox and Windows 10. This isn't just across games. It's actually across uh, other software, I think, as well. So, the points I'm going to just pull out of their announcement, just going to explain a little bit more. So, uh, games and apps are eligible for self-service refunds within 14 days of purchase if you have less than two hours playtime across all accounts. DLC, Hmm. season passes, and add-ons are not eligible for self-service refunds. So, virtual currency is probably not eligible for refunds. Uh, The game or app must be downloaded and launched before requesting a self-service refund. So, you can't just hear Mm. the bad from somebody else and go, no, I want my money back. You have to actually experience the badness for yourself. That sounds like a bad um, a bad design decision where yeah, it doesn't actually kind of set up all the supporting infrastructure for refunds until you launch the game. Yeah, yeah. But I think what they're trying to do, though, is to do self-serve refunds. So I suppose they have to have some criteria so that they don't have to have a person intervene. But I don't know. Mm. 
you must wait at least one day after the game or app's release before requesting a self-service <laughs> refund. Okay, so now it sounds more like the thing you were talking about where they want you to actually play the game. <laughs> yes. The, you, make sure that you experience that it's actually bad. Don't just take anyone's word mm. for it. Does that mean you can't cancel a pre-order then? I would say. Uh, certain Windows 10 apps may not be eligible for self-service refunds. And Microsoft reserved the right to block access for users who abuse the self-service refunds. I don't know how you <laughs> Okay. So, you know, they're giving themselves an out. But realistically, if you buy something and you find out within two hours that you don't like it, you can get your money back, mm. which is a good thing. It's something that actual digital sales of games haven't had on consoles. Steam have started to add their Steam refunds in, but it's yeah. not something that's been on the PS4 or the Xbox One. So it's good that they're doing it. I am actually applaud them for adding that in. Yeah. So get your money back on Mass Effect if you don't. I'm not sure if it's first-party games at the moment or first-party things at the moment. I'm not sure if you can get a... I suppose you would be able to get a refund for Mass Effect from EA if you don't like it and you've only played two hours in more than one day after the game was released. That might be one of the games that is uh, not eligible for all we know. Or it could be the game that caused all this in the first place. Who knows? Mm. So there you go. You can get refunds, Xbox and Windows 10. Uh, oh, we've already spoken about Bayonetta coming to PC. We have. 60 frames a second, there's supports a, 4K. There's a couple more things to add, though. Yeah. This points to some interesting some interesting moves. So Platinum also said that if it was up to us, we'd port all our games to the PC, but it's up to publishers, which, you know, has my fingers crossed for Vanquish, which was another good Xbox 360 title. Yeah, it was yeah. Thor- thoroughly ridiculous in the way Bayonetta is. Yep. Uh, but you look at what Sega's kind of been up to recently. Sonic All-Star, well, not recently, you know, the past couple of years, Sonic All-Star's racing comes to the PC. Oh, God, what's that? Valkyria Chronicles yep. comes to the PC. Well, uh, I mean, they don't have their own console to release shit on, though. They're just like, anyone buy it? We're going to release it. We yeah. need money. So does this mean that we can sort of expect that maybe we might get Yakuza on the PC? Perhaps. That'd be awesome. Mm. Are they PS4 exclusives or could you get Yakuza on Xbox? Uh, definitely a PS4 exclusive at this point. Yeah, not sure. Because then if they do all the money like porting it to PC, would that mean that Microsoft Xbox would still miss out? Because it's- Yeah, probably. <laughs> just That's not eligible for I'm, the Windows refund. I don't actually own an Xbox, so that doesn't really worry me. I've got um, one, I'm but trying to we find... just don't use it that much. I mean, my son uses it a lot, but I, I don't use it that much. Trying to find another game that Sega released that was a PS3 exclusive. And I thought maybe Binary Domain, but that came out on Xbox 360 as well. Because Binary Domain was the same people who did Yakuza. Is Shinmu the new one coming out on PC as well? That's a good question. I haven't checked that. I think that was a PlayStation exclusive as well. Um, So maybe not. Well, it's definitely not listed for pre-sale in Steam. Actually, if you do sh- search for Shenmue and you you sort by release date, you get a lot of sketchy anime. <laughs> Sexy Shenmue so, yeah, Mahjong. There's that. 2017. But if if more Platinum Games games could come to PC and if they could just fix up Nia, um, I would be very happy. Yeah. Well, hopefully their ports get a little bit better. Mm. Okay. There you go. Bayonetta. Good game. Get it. Yeah. I think I might pick it up as well because I don't have anything to play my Wii U version on yet. Maybe we should get a Wii U. Not yet. Oh, well. Right. That's news. Unless you've got anything else that you've come up with in the past, you know, half an hour. Late breaking news. No? No, not really. All right. Unless you're looking for Easter egg based news. Do you have any Easter egg based news? Are you promising us some Easter egg based news? Uh, Easter eggs are selling well. 
from what I saw at the supermarket today. <laughs> My wife did come into the office before and she said to me uh, she had heard that don't go to Coles to buy Easter eggs because they are down to the dregs. So if you're yeah. looking for actually, but by the time everyone hears this, this is really outdated news. It's really time specific. <laughs> so I hope you didn't go to Coles on a Saturday night to try and get your Easter eggs because I can tell you it's a similar deal at Woolworths where they just had dark chocolate lint bunnies left. You got the egg dregs. Hmm. So that means that we're moving on to letting off Steve. <laughs> I think between us, we have to have a certain amount of energy, and if I take too yep. much, it just takes it away from you. Yep, just sucks it all out of the room. All right, what do we got? Who's letting the steam out of their proverbial holes this time? Uh, well, we're going steam for holes. a game. Mm, we're going for a game called 60 Seconds. Uh, is it gone in 60 Seconds, the game? No, of the no. Movie this is a game of the my, wife, my wife plays. Oh, no, right. It's nothing like that. Um, so the idea is is that there's going to be there's a nuclear explosion, and you've got 60 seconds to grab whatever you can. Uh, and get down to your fallout shelter. Right. Uh, and then you kind of have to play through a kind of survival game. Uh, so you can even grab family members as well and make sure they make it into the fallout shelter. One would think that they would be this, the first thing you would grab. So maybe not. This may be um, the subject of a fully informatic because I haven't actually played the game myself, but I've only watched my wife play it. Yeah. If I say the wrong thing, she'll call me out on it. So You should just get her in the room now and she can nod or go no, just, just silently so that you know whether you're telling the truth or not. There is a microphone for you, so I could get her in the room right now, but I don't <laughs> think... <laughs> I don't think we'll we'll do it. I haven't figured out how to do multi-track recording on uh, Audacity just yet. Yeah, we'll get there. One so, step at a time. Our first review is a negative review from SS1 Lit Blitzer. Yes. 0.4 hours. He is a very happy Blitzer. He is. Uh, and it comes across in his review, let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, he says, I can't play it because it's too big for my Mac. Yeah, those Macs are small, man. They're apples. Yeah. They're like they fit in a size of your hand. You can't fit a sixty-second game in that. With a name like Lit Blitzer, I'm thinking he might have been trying to load it onto a Big Mac. That All he right, bought. okay, a munchy Mac. <laughs> and the, he needs. Yes. Um, so we have a positive review from the epileptic Velociraptor. Five. That's a dangerous hours. Velociraptor, by the way. You don't want an it epileptic is. Velociraptor attacking you. Lots of sharp teeth and claws. He says, this game teaches one very valuable lesson. A can of soup is infinitely more valuable than your children. 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, in Hitman, a can of soup is, um, can do some damage. It is. it is. Actually, I think that's a can of pasta sauce. Oh, okay. Or um, maybe canned spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. I used to really like Campbell's spaghetti sauce out of a can when I was a kid, and I just completely went off it one day, and now I can't stand the smell of it. Was it the spaghetti sauce, or was it the canned spaghetti? No, it's the spaghetti sauce specifically. I used to really like the canned spaghetti, and then mm. I, at, at some point in my age, I just realized that that was horrible, and mm. I thought that it was even better than baked beans, and then I realized that that was folly. I think I have spaghetti sauce absolutely down, like a really basic spaghetti sauce absolutely down pat now. You can do that, a good um, spaghetti sauce in the slow cooker. This gives it a bit more depth. And I have a method where I put the mince in and then I grab the blunt end of the wooden spoon and I just mash it all so that yeah. it's only very small pieces. Uh, and then after that, it's all about balancing the acidity of the tomatoes. And you can make Salt. a real good spaghetti sauce with nothing more than brown onions, tomatoes, mushrooms. Yeah, you brown that shit off, of, right? It works. Hmm. This is a completely different letting off steam than the, the one that we're in. We could do another a letting off more steam where we do cooking tips, um, like we could. spaghetti and um, Easter eggs, but 
Here's one right now. Is it fan-forced ovens and conventional ovens have different cooking times? They do. It's a lesson my wife and I have learned many times. Use different temperatures, maybe. You can do that. Why are these cookies burnt? <laughs> Why are they blown around the inside of the oven? I can't understand yes. it. All right, let's get back to it. What were we doing? Letting off steam! We are. Okay. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Hey. Which is a game that we remember from sort of GameCube slash PS2. We raided in World of Warcraft with some people who worked for the company that developed that, actually. Uh, Chrome Studios from Brisbane. Uh, So our first review is a positive review from Mr. Bones, 1.4 hours. Mm. Uh, And he says, on a scale of Hugh Jackman to Steve Irwin, this definitely puts the shrimp on the barbie. Hang on. Just trying to figure that which one is is Hugh Jackman or Steve Irwin the good one? Are they which one? None of them put the swoop people, on the Barbie. It's Paul Hogan that I puts the swoop on the Barbie. He does. So this is confusing. And then, and then you dodge a lot of tax and move overseas. Yeah, and you get a facelift, but not for tax evasion yes. reasons, just for other reasons. No, <laughs> we're just throwing shade on Paul Hogan now. I don't understand the review. Right. I don't actually understand that, it, that it, if it's a positive review or not. <laughs> Well, it seems positive. It does. Well, it's got positive next to it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he yep. selected positive when he did it, but... Well, if he says this definitely puts the shrimp on the Barbie, that can be seen as an endorsement. It could, but he's calling out Hugh Jackman and Steve Irwin. So I would assume that he could either say, on a scale to Hugh Jackman to Steve Irwin, this definitely puts the Wolverine claws out, or on a scale to Hugh Jackman to Steve Irwin, this definitely is like a spike through the chest by a oh. squid thing. You know, you, you have to reference the things in the first part to make the second part make sense. Do you have a mic that you can drop? Um, I probably do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did. I was trying to make a point of the technicalities that go through. You know, you can't just then bring Paul Hogan right at the end. Because he could have said, mm. on a scale of Hugh Jackman to Paul Hogan... This definitely puts the shrimp on the barbie, and that would have made sense. But he it didn't. Would have. No. And then, then we wouldn't have even had to go to the spike to the chest thing. But no. He would have had to this. say on a scale of Graham Kennedy to Paul Hogan or something like that. Yeah, have to exactly. Keep it sort of time time appropriate. On a scale of Bert Newton to Paul Hogan, this definitely is a fake toupee. No, a real toupee, not fake. Oh. Let's just move on. Negative. Did I, did I ever tell you that Matthew Newton wanted to use my brother's, like, editing equipment to make a movie? Really? Was that before he yeah. went kind of crazy and had to go no, into rehab? No, that was, that, that was at the height of the craziness, oh, awesome. and my brother said no, because he was terrified <laughs> that he'd come home and Matthew Newton would be passed out on his couch or something. <laughs> Never loaned Matthew Newton anything, because he was probably going to sell no. it for crack. <laughs> he just goes, so all, oh, no, that, no. so all those cameras and all that, he goes, yeah, yeah, what? He, he would have had to have come to my brother's house to use it. That's what my brother was scared of. Oh, right, okay. Was that when your brother was living with your parents still? No, no, he was living in Sydney at that okay, point. Okay, right. So, yeah, that was that was scary. That would have been even more interesting. Yes. Matthew um, Newton is around for dinner. <laughs> All right. So, Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Yes. Ne- negative review from Golden Boy, 2.9 hours. Uh, and this speaks a lot to how a lot of us feel about games, is that he says, not as good as it was when I was eight. Yeah, I know. Is that thing, isn't it? Sometimes you just can't go back. There's a collection of games that's being released. That's the Disney Afternoon Collection that has uh, mm. DuckTales and a whole bunch of like six or seven of those old school Disney 2DS games. And yep. there's part of me really wants to get that collection and replay through those games. But part of me thinks, is this just that moment where I find out that those games were bad? Possibly. Maybe I should think about getting it and 
I'll put a video up for the site and then I can take the hit for everyone else if it ends up being bad. Yeah. That's why we're well, here. Uh, there's some, to take the hit for everyone. There's some hits that I've taken. I think it's prob- probably your turn. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah, so the next one I picked was Besiege, which is a game that has recently been updated, and it's a sort of a fun little, um, if you think kind of like building siege engines and um, using them to raise the landscape, and there's some kind of objective in there where you have to knock a specific thing down, but you can really knock a whole bunch of things down. Yeah. Um, It was quite big on release, kind of like Polybridge, uh, and now it's kind of died down a bit, but they're still updating it. So I have a positive review from Trumpcat, 4.4 hours. Never trust Trump. Uh, and he says, sheep are highly flammable. Who knew? Nine out of ten will never wear wool socks again. I thought wool was not flammable. I thought that was the whole point. It was flame retardant, maybe? I'm not sure. Is this going to end with a video for the site where we... Set we, a sheep oh, on fire? For science! We've got those... Um, actually, that might not be actual wool, though. We, we had the, the wool that we were using when we were playing Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective and we were... Oh, yeah, we, we had were our whiteboard. Our charts. And, yeah. Yes. Officially, you know, can, like, exactly like Sherlock would on a, yeah. um, a pin board just resting against the ground. And only That's with a lot less it. cocaine. Yes. We'll fix that next time. Uh, so next we have a negative review from XDogman69. Yes. With seven hours. And he says, Ick hab sent crash report. Do has not replied. Game nicked working. Help. Is he writing that because it's a German-esque game or is he German or is he, is he just no, putting on know. a German text I accent? I think he's just... Well, he's it, he got seven hours in it, so it can't be crashing that much unless he's right. just constantly restarting it. <laughs> he's in an endless loop. But nope, mm, still crashing eight days he's later. so much he's turned into a German flying ace. He needs Snoopy yeah. to come and shoot him out of the sky. Hmm. All right. That's it. Letting off steam. That was an yep. all right one. That was some good yeah. games. Yep. Some cooking talk. Yeah. That was... Highly suspect things about Steve Irwin being said. Hey, it's not suspect if it's true. Unfortunately, <laughs> he died. I'm very sorry that he died, but it's just I was just trying to illustrate a point. It's a good thing you set that bike up so you, you can backpedal so fast. Exactly. <laughs> I've got a bike specifically for backpedaling. I've just built the whole bike backwards. It doesn't actually go forwards right. at all. All okay. about backpedaling. And now we're moving on to Fully Informatic, where we correct some things that we said last week. And uh, there's two things in here, and they were both things that I said, and they were both things about mm. food. So maybe that just means that I don't know anything about food. But uh, I was talking about licorice last week, and I said that the first ingredient on the licorice I bought was gluten, and it actually wasn't technically the first ingredient was not gluten. The first ingredient was, in fact, wheat, which is kind of technically gluten. So I was kind of right, but I wanted to just clarify the fact that they don't just list gluten as a, as an ingredient. I think things are gluten, but gluten's not a thing. Gluten's in wheat, so yeah, you're pretty much right either way. Yeah, so there you go. Small having having two fam- family members who have celiac disease. That, yeah, they do. They pr- basically avoid wheat. Just stay away from wheat. Who picked you up on this? Uh, I, no, I went and checked myself because I was actually oh, okay. incorrect on another bit of gluten talk. So I figured I'd check the other one as well. And the other one I was yep. wrong on, which was kind of obvious when you actually looked at the image from last week's uh, show, uh, that the name on the pack of food from the Asian grocers was not gluten balls. It was, in fact, fried round gluten, which is technically right. kind of gluten balls. So Yeah, just as bad. Yeah, it was just as bad. Uh, I didn't buy it. I should have just bought it. I'm sure that they were just fried round pieces of bread or something. Yeah, something like but that. Who knows? I'm always very, very suspect of everything in an Asian grocers because, like, <laughs> it's just... Sort of that different. That 
Well, like I tend to stick to the things I know what they are and I've tried them. Well, a lot of it I just can't read, so it's a lot of it's yeah. intriguing to me. It's like, oh, what's that thing that's kind of it looks like it should be a lolly, but it's got a picture of a fish on it. So mm. I don't know. <laughs> what's this thing here called my morning water? <laughs> yeah. And why isn't there an afternoon water? No. Who knows? All right. Because well, you haven't drunk enough. That's full informatic. Uh, if you have picked up on anything that we've said that was incorrect, and that shouldn't be very hard by the way this episode's going, please send it in to semicast at semiinformatic.com, and we will hmm. be happy to correct ourselves. Yep. We're going to start a new segment, and I wanted to start this segment because every week I get emailed the top 10 games of the week that has been sold in Australia. And one of the things I've noticed that games do come and go. So Zelda Breath of the Wild went to number two, I think. And I think this week it's gone back down to number 10. But ever on that list, every week without fail, is Grand Theft Auto Five. It just seems to be the perennial game. seller in Australia. Rockstar's making some serious bank. We're giving mm. them some money. Especially with what they're charging for it here. Yeah. So we're going to start because I want to know the second that that goes off the list. So right. we're going to have a series, and the series is called Is Grand Theft Auto V Still in Australia's Top 10 Selling Games of the Week? So, drum roll. Mm-hmm. We actually don't have any proper drum roll, so I'm just going to do this until we get one. Is Grand Theft Auto V one of Australia's top selling games? Week ending 9th of April 2017. Is it Anthony? Yes. There you go. Hey! Let's move on. Okay. Releases of the week. There's been a few releases over the week this week. Bayonetta, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we've spoken about it enough. Go out and get it. Mm. It's a cool game. Go out and be Bayonetta. Shoot some things out of your feet and have your clothes turn into a dragon. Kill angels. Fuck them. No, not, you know, (laughs) with bullets. Just Ukulele, I saw, had come out, which is uh, kind of a Banjo-Kazooie spiritual successor from a bunch of people who worked for Rare when that game was made. Yes. Uh, and word on the street is it's a mixed bag. It's um, Word on the street, it's pretty much they've taken what Banjo-Kazooie was and just made another one with all the same things as Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. But I still yeah. wouldn't mind having a look at it myself because I liked a bit of Banjo-Kazooie. The car um, racing one was surprisingly good. Banjo Kazooie nuts yeah. and bolts. I was gonna, I was gonna say nuts and bolts, but I didn't want to get it confused with Ratchet and Clank. So, because <laughs> no. I've got no idea about console mascot shooters. All right, I bought it. I actually just bought it for the kids, and they were playing. It. Actually, I was like, hey, that looks fucking really good. So I played it. And it I did. think I just called it a console mascot shooter, which is probably bad. Console mascot platformer. There we go. Do you shoot things? Halo. Halo was a console mascot shooter. <laughs> <laughs> We've just redefined the term. Yep. All right, so ukulele. What else? What else mm. has come out? Uh, this Cosmic week? Star Heroine, which is a game from Zeboid Games. Is, this, is, that, um, is, that, is that heroine or heroine? Heroine, like the person, the, like heroine. the female hero? Or is that it's both, or is this actually. heroine made from Cosmic Stars? Because if so, I mean, that'd uh, probably be a good game as well. Nobody tell Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's clean um, again. Apparently. Nobody tells Sherlock Holmes. I know that was cocaine, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Um, so Zeboid Games, they did Breath of Death 7 and Cthulhu Saves the World. They kind of make games in the style of sort of SNES-era Japanese RPGs. Oh, right, okay. Yep. They also did Penny Arcade on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness, Episode 3 and 4. Who did Episode Um, 1 and 2? So another developer did 1 and 2, but the Penny Arcade guys were a little bit, like, they weren't real happy about how it turned out. Okay. So 
Zaboid picked up the last. I think they're actually only going to make episode three, and then somehow four and like four was released as a novel or a story. Yep, and then they ended up making four anyway. Okay. So, Cosmic Star Heroine. I had a look at the screenshots and I went, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe we'll have a look for the site in preparation for my plans of getting a lot more anime games happening. And? Uh, Well, I haven't looked at it yet. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you had already just taken a peek and you see whether you're- Well, you're now the site anime expert, so- um, Am I? Every site has to have an anime expert and you have just become ours. Congratulations, Anthony, the anime expert. You've just been knighted, sir anime it's an interesting transition into somebody who is into anime to someone who's not into anime. As in the move away from it or the move into it? Yeah, the move away from it. Right, so okay. I had a lot of anime and at one point I put it in a box and gave it to somebody else. <laughs> Just Did you set it alight and leave it on their doorstep? <laughs> no. Right. No, he was really into anime and I thought, I see a sucker here. <laughs> My brother-in-law asked me about anime and said that mm. he was interested in some anime. And I really quickly <laughs> ran to my box of anime that was full of anime and I gave him the box of anime and said, hey, no, 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 you take this. It's really good. There's some Cowboy Bebop in there and there's some Serial Experiments Lane and there's some mm. just some weird shit at the bottom. Just maybe just don't, don't talk about that, but just, you know, grab it <laughs> and take it and watch it. And he was like, cool, done. And he took it away for a few months and then he gave the box back after he finished and I thought I was done clear of the box but i've got it back see it's gone for me like a, a a sort of a distillation process is that every time i get into my dvds and say i should get rid of some of these yep as a gun to go through filters so all that's left now is sort of the landmark stuff like the cowboy bebop and the trigun and the flcl and yeah. slayers and you- sort of a combination of either things that were really representative of of what anime can be when it's good and series that I really like. Do you have any left that is bad anime? Or, uh, or I, and, no. and I will dump into this same pot bad rest like old wrestling DVDs. No, the only wrestling DVD I have is the Rey Mysterio 619 DVD that you gave my wife. Yeah, well, so. she was into Rey Mysterio Jr. So, naturally, <laughs> Apparently. I ran to my box of wrestling DVDs and was like, oh, my you God, did. I can get rid of one. And then there you go. It's out, and then it's out of my life. I tried to explain this is how Dave gets rid of stuff he doesn't want anymore. <laughs> just, and she didn't listen to like me. Just, just never speak about anything that Dave's interested in because he's probably got a no. bad DVD he's trying to get rid of. Yeah, I, I haven't looked recently. The last anime I bought was Disgaea, which I got rid of really quick. Because it was bad. All right. So, you know, um, while, like, you know, no one else is listening right at this time, we, we should have yeah. a competition on the site where we ha- we ask some questions and then the winner gets a box of anime DVDs <laughs> or wrestling DVDs or both. Right. And then we just send out the whole box to somebody as a prize. That's an awesome idea. We're going to come why up with a- we, Why are we stopping at anime and wrestling? Why not bad movies as well? No, no. Anime and wrestling first. We've got to get rid of the shit before right. we, you know- and, and, you know, I'm going to probably keep Lane and the good ones, and this is just going to be, yeah. like, the really bad shit. Yeah. Do you remember when we watched Serial Experiments Lane, like, the whole series in, like, one sitting? Yeah. No one should watch it. <laughs> don't, don't watch it in one sitting. Watch it, you know, drip feed it in, because at least the yeah. confusion is, it just, it's diluted <laughs> across the whole yes. time you're watching it. You don't ever want that all at the one time. It's really depressing. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good series, but don't watch it all at once. Mike was never the same <laughs> No, <afterwards>. no. <laughs> Did he drink more or less after that? I can't remember. I think he drank more, actually. Yeah, okay. Just trying to dull the, <laughs> the pain. Oh, All God. Right. So, yes, look forward to a competition where the prize is yep. going to be DVDs of anime. I'm sure someone Somehow will like it. we get Cosmic Star Heroine out of that. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I haven't done is I haven't, haven't thrown out my anime games. So, I still have Disgaea and 
um, you should keep those. Mac I Kingdom, though. and I have a whole bunch from the Atelier series. Yeah, which I've only played the first game of, and that's some anime ass anime right there. Should we sit down together and play those for the site? Probably. It's might might be uncomfortable for you at times. They're, okay. they're not sort of really fan servicey. They're kind of really borderline. Like if oh, if you want to play some right. fan servicey anime, we should pull Hyperdimension Neptunia out. Maybe not. Maybe just don't. I've got the first three games in that series, and then they. Started to make a whole lot more than I had an appetite for. That should be what you're playing for Midnight Games Club, because that type of thing should only happen after midnight, after dark, when you everyone's want, you asleep. You want me to play Hyperdimension Neptune? Yeah, well, let's you know turn our Twitch streaming channel into this this weird adult anime channel. You want me to play a game where uh, you play characters that are representations of popular video game consoles at the time? Yeah, I do, actually. Well, you know, mm. I don't think you should play it, but I think someone needs to play it. And being our resident anime expert, it's your job now. It's automatically that's your department. All right. Well, if I can get the Elgato hooked up before, after I get back from the supermarket, then we'll change from Big Robot Midnight Games Club to, oh, God, what's that? No, we can do this later. You, if you're already set up right. Big Robot Games, that's fine. But maybe when in the coming weeks, we should just expunge those. They need to be out there for people to see. All right. And then you can decide whether we throw them as part of the prize with all the other anime stuff. So it's fine. <laughs> Actually, I'm a lot more hesitant to throw out video games than I am to throw out DVDs. Oh, absolutely. You should. Um, yeah. I. I would implore you to keep those games as a representation mm. of a past of your life. Yes. That you shouldn't ever, ever go back. Just whenever you think about should go back there, you look at those games. And go. Nope. No. Nope. Every now and then, I get the urge to buy an anime game if it's a good one, like Persona Five or um, Persona Five or Yeah. Or Pers- <laughs> I still haven't played Persona Four, and I really, really want to play Persona Four. It's on Persona sale. Persona Four is a really good game. It's on sale this week on the PS. Four or three, I can't remember. I have not. Um, is it? I'm not PS4? a big fan of Buffy, but from what I understand, Persona Four is similar to that in that you have a, a core group of characters and you kind of watch them grow and develop over the course of a storyline. Did you just officially announce Joss Whedon directing the Persona movie? <laughs> sure, why not? Joss Whedon's been announced as directing the Batgirl movie, mm. and initially you think. Great, it's Joss Whedon, he's good, he can do this, but I'm concerned because Joss Whedon is historically very, very good at directing and writing ensemble cast movies, and I don't see the yep. Batgirl being as an ensemble cast movie, so I'm quite concerned that this could be a red herring, a blessing, no, a, a, not a blessing in disguise, the, the opposite. Um, the opposite, a, a Trojan of, horse. Yeah, a, pl- a, a, a Trojan horse full of poo. That someone's left Batgirl, on someone's- Batgirl is actually full of very angry Greeks. Yes. Yes. That's If that's the storyline, then that's pr- probably better than what I thought it could be. So, yeah, hopefully. Josh Whedon, direct, right. directing Persona movie. You've heard it here first. I've just bought Cosmic Star Heroine. Did you? Yeah. Should I, who's your, should I put it on a spoon and put a cigarette yeah. lighter underneath it? Say, who's, your, who's your dealer? <laughs> right. Um, apparently, apparently Gabe Newell is. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, yes. Persona 4 Arena- is on sale over Easter on the PlayStation Store, yep. but it's on PS3, so I'll have to pull out the PS3 to play it. But maybe I should get it. Oh, Persona 4 Arena, not Persona 4. Oh, what's the difference? Well, Persona 4 Arena is a fighting game. Oh, Persona maybe I should get it. Persona 4 is then, a Japanese I, you know, RPG. I it, play it for Friday Night if it's, is it if, if it's Ultimax? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's a real good fighting game. All right, I should get that then. 
Mm. I'm going to buy but it. But it, it's also an Atlas title, so there may be content ID oh, okay. issues. Well, we'll see. Um, mm. All right. I don't even know where we're Let's at. Let's get back to this review of releases of the week. I okay. was moving on to Planescape Torment, Enhanced Edition. Okay. I'm looking up whether Persona 4 is available as well. You go. <laughs> um, so, Planescape Torment, one of the most critically- criti- well, Yeah, what's that? What's Persona 4, the, the golden animation, and what's- Oh, that's a TV show. So, Persona, Persona 4 The Golden is uh, the PSP re-release of Persona 4 yep. with extra content. Right. Uh, and the animation is an anime based off that. Okay. I'm going to stop talking about Persona now. Go. Yep. Planescape Torment. Uh, so, Trent Oster's Beamdog, there are, uh, he used to work for Bioware and he's made a business kind of making sure that all those old Bioware RPGs run on... Um, Modern computers and maybe even adding some content here and there. Cool. Um, so the latest in that, <clears throat> sorry, is uh, Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition, mm. one of the most critically acclaimed and well-written role-playing games of all time. Yes. Brought people to tears with it. So when it was announced that he was doing an Enhanced Edition, mm. people said, that's fine, get it working on modern computers, but don't fucking add anything. And? They haven't added anything. Oh, Amazing. They listened. They haven't even fixed spelling mistakes. That's perfect. And in cases where they had to go in and fiddle with things, they got the guy who originally did all the writing for it, and he did the fiddling. Oh, the question I've got, though, is did he make more spelling mistakes? I'm not sure. There's a lot of text in that game, so possibly. You're going to do it right. Um, do it right. So we'll go from possibly making the most critically acclaimed RPG of all time available to modern players mm-hmm. to making... A busted ass lift tech first person shooter <laughs> available to modern players because Shogo Mobile Armor Division popped up on Steam. Is that a new release? And I have, yeah, like I was scrolling through the new releases and I went, what? Shogo? Because I tried to record a video for that for the site and getting it running on Windows 10 was almost impossible. Right, okay. And I got to the point where it was running, but OBS wanted to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so I don't know what this shit is. Um,. But the weird thing is, is usually when you see something like this, it's like Night Dive Studios. They re-release System Shock. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, re-release sort of a bunch of older games. And they work really well and they run really well. Shogo seems to have just been re-released by Monolith and Interplay. <laughs> and from what I can tell from the reviews is that it's not actually any different. There's been some token efforts to make it work, but it's still really busted. It's really busted on modern operating systems, even though it's just been released now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Well, then it's working as planned. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Okay. There you go. Sugar Mobile Armor Division. Um, mm. Parappa the Rapper came out this week. Speaking of old games that are out and new, that nothing's really been done with to make it any more user-friendly to play. Probably one of the very first rhythm games to gain wide popular love, I suppose. But the windows for each of your button pushes were really, really tight because it, it had that CRT thing mm. where you know everything happened instantly, so you you could afford to have really tight windows. It just made it a really hard game. So yeah. uh, it has been released on PS4. Uh, the, I think the one thing they have done, so they've actually updated the graphics, so Parappa the Rapper's all high-res and 4K. If you need Parappa to be 4K, you can have him. Uh, the cutscenes look like they've just been pulled off the off the old disc, whether it's the PlayStation version or the Dreamcast version. So they're kind of a little bit pixelated. But they have opened up the window of um, hitting the buttons, but they haven't really done anything else. So there's no real... Mm. Feedback in the game to too much that if you're doing something wrong, that it doesn't explain to you why technically you're doing things wrong. So 
You're just wrong. You're just wrong. And um, Parappa raps bad. Parappa don't rap cool. He raps bad. Mm. Um, so that's out. I played that for a little bit. That got me really wanting to play other games like that. Like uh, Also by those guys that made that was Unjamalami, which uh, mm. hopefully they release a version of that because that's cool. I thought you were going to break out some Vibar Ribbon for a second there. Well, that got, didn't that get re-released last year or the year before? I think so. Yeah. I should play some of that. I didn't actually rebuy that, but maybe I will. So there you go. Parappa the Rapper. Cutting edge games. Yep. The signal from Tolva came out. We've already spoken quite a bit about that. Yes. Okay game. Sort of a bit lukewarm on the gameplay, but if it looks like you might like it, give it a go. Yeah. Uh, Bulletstorm full clip edition came out with or without G2A support <laughs> after that <laughs> after that shit wagon rolled out of the stables and then completely rolled back yeah, into it again. But, whoa, nope. And it's kind of like the anti-Bayonetta. If you look at Bayonetta, it's like 4K support. Good game, tight controls. Yeah. They've obviously added what needs to be added. They've added no more. 20 bucks for That's a, a good what, price. That's what the was, price it should be. Yeah, which was a full release back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulletstorm full clip edition, about the same. 50 bucks. Yeah. It's not a $50 game. No, I don't think so. You well, know, it was at the time. I can understand. We all like money, don't we all? But, you know, maybe you should just like release an old game for an old game price. It is an old game. Not an old game price. No. And finally, we got Slime Sand, which uh, is kind of like a Super Meat Boy-ish style uh, game. Yeah, we spoke about this a little bit last week when you got it for your Humble yeah, Bundle. Yeah, Fabraz, published by Head Up Games. Um, and, but it kind of adds some extra controls, and there's like an overworld sort of town area yes. um, that I figured out has quite a few secrets hidden in it. Like you, you can use all the powers that you would use in the games level in the town area, and you can sort of climb up walls and get to things. And so, yeah, it's there's quite a bit there to. Well, I guess a game about a slime being eaten by a giant worm. There's quite a bit there to digest. Okay, it sounds mm. like it's a fun game. I'm actually really interested in playing it myself. Yep. Is it too late to get the humble monthly bundle for this month? I don't think so. I think you can still get last month's bundle. Okay. I'll look into it. Maybe I'll just buy that yeah. one game that rather than paying the full price for all of them. I have to work out which one's cheaper. Yeah, well, it's, it's, well, you see, the thing is that game's 12 bucks on Steam. So if you buy the Humble Bundle, that's 12 bucks, And you get The Witness by Jonathan Blow. Does that mean I just owe him another $40? <laughs> you, just, you just owe him, yeah, another $28 oh, or whatever. I'm going to go broke owing Jonathan Blow money. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. That's a bunch of releases of the week. It was been a good week for releases, kind of. Yeah. There's been some good yeah. stuff and there's been some bad stuff or some ordinary stuff. The change, I think, was is that I went into the new releases section in Steam and looked at the last five days and went, what the fuck are all these train wrecks? <laughs> a lot of thumbs ups, a lot of thumbs downs. Yeah. Well, there you go. What have we got coming up on the site before we steer uh, this train out of here? I'm going on holidays. So you are going on holidays. Stuff will be going up on the site. I will be reporting live from... The East of Victoria, playing video. No, I won't. I'm not taking any gaming stuff with me. No? You're not going to stream no. some car games like uh, I no. Spy? Maybe you should do some I Spy in the car and do a, See, I have a this first contact problem. with I Spy? Yeah, first first contact with what colour is that car or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the number plate game. Isn't there a number plate game where it's like odds and evens probably. and something? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. When I was a kid, I, I had handheld Scramble and Pac-Man, so I didn't need right, car okay. games. None of this looking out the window shit. Nah, we actually went for nah. a drive today from uh, our place to Torquay and back. And, um, yeah, on the way up, both the kids were, were not on devices. They were just both reading books and not looking out of the window. And then on the way back, they were both really tired. So 
that they didn't look out the window at all then either. They just right. they were in a vehicle and then they arrived at a place and then they got back in a vehicle and then they arrived home. Yep. Might as well be teleportation. Yeah. So it just takes mm. an hour and a half. So in, in my absence, uh, I've approved two videos for this week. Yes. Uh, the Signal from Tolva, which is what we've been talking about. Yes. For quite a large amount of this podcast. Uh, and Bayonetta. Which we've talked about for the other part of the podcast. Yeah. And I saw those two games. I thought, this is topical. These are new games. I like them. Let's do this. Yes. So we'll have um, one of them probably on Monday. Uh, then we'll have the podcast coming out Tuesday. Thursday, we'll do the other one of those two videos. Not sure which one yet. And then on Friday, we'll jump back into some Friday Night Fights. And yep. I'm not sure what we will play. Persona 4 Ultimax. Maybe, if I can... Actually, no, not if we get content ID. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might... Well, we, we can still probably twitch it out. We just might not be able to put it up on the site. I don't know. Although there is already a video up on YouTube, and we have to talk quietly so Atlas don't hear us. Okay, but yeah. I put a Persona 4 video up on YouTube and they haven't content ID'd it yet. Okay, maybe they're too busy with the Persona 5 ones to know. Yeah. Alright. So if we just do all the so, ones previous to 5. If you really want to see some Persona, we've got what you need. Alright, we've got the hot Persona action. Okay! Now, that's it. It's coming up on the site all next week. Thank you very much for listening. This is the Easter yeah. edition of the Semicast. The pre-Anthony going away for two weeks and me being left on my own to maybe potentially set things on fire and he's going to come back and go, hey, why is the site deleted? And I'm like, I don't know. I just I just tried to post your thing and then it all went bad. Um, what does server error 500 mean? It's the good one. It's the one that's it's it's better than yep. 404. Yeah, it's 500. 404 is the bad one. I won. I got the high score of server errors. You got the power up and won the game. I did or lost the whole site. Who all right. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please send them into semicast at semiinformatic.com. Or if you're following us on Twitter, you can message us there. You'll find us at semiinformatic there. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, uh, which is where you can also find past episodes. While you're there, we'd love it if you could take a few seconds to leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. And it also helps in the where we stand in the ratings of that crazy place that is the iTunes podcast era arena place um, you can also find Simicast show archives as well as other videos that we've been talking about plus you know that um, hot Persona 4 action on semiinformatic.com thank you for listening my name's David Shack. I'm here as always with the soon to be departing Anthony Murphy he's got his holiday shoes on he's got his sunglasses and Hawaiian shirt on and he's about to hop into the car and see some some fun down the I don't know, somewhere. So thank you very much. And just remember that we love, you love doing what you love. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. See you when I get back. See you when I get back.